to God and does not come for us. The Gospel lesson is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 45 through 52. Please ride for the reading of the Gospel. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After saying farewell to them, he went up on the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. When he saw that they were straining at the oars against an adverse wind, he came towards them early in the morning, walking on the sea. He intended to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. This is the word of God, for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. So it is Halloween, and if you were here early, you saw me carrying a very large pumpkin. God bless you if you saw this. It, it's a very large pumpkin here. Uh-huh. And I brought it for a good reason. You and I are a little bit like this pumpkin. I'm not wearing any orange today. Some of you might be. Hey! <laughs> That's all right. I'm not wearing any orange either. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> but we are a little bit like this pumpkin, and I'm going to tell you why in just a moment. I asked for a little bit of help. <laughs> Poor Jenny. It's been staring at her. <laughs> it has been staring at her. So my resident carver in my house, that's my husband, Steve, carved this. And in our house, different people get to pick what gets carved. So um, you all might know this about pumpkins. They often reflect different feelings. Sometimes we carve pumpkins with smiles. Sometimes we carve pumpkins with crowns. Sometimes we carve like the little bit of a O on the face, right? They kind of reflect. Sometimes they're meant to be kind of scary looking. This is what one of my children picked. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of how I thought. Okay. But here's what I want to say. No matter how we're particularly feeling, here's what continues to shine. Whether we're frightened, whether we're anxious, the light of Christ continues to shine through us. You and I know what it is to have fear. We know what it is to be anxious. We know what it is to have joy and celebration. We know what it is to feel this. I'm not sure how to describe this feeling. But as soon as I turned it around, y'all knew the feeling. 
and the light of Christ continues to shine through us. So this is my prayer, and I hope you'll pray with me. That no matter how it is we find ourselves, with joy and with concern, that the light of Christ will shine through us. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for the light of Christ. Help us to shine your light to all we meet. Amen. I'm going to let the light of Christ continue to shine. So yes, fall is the time of pumpkins and falling leaves, bonfires, sweaters. I'm noticing a few. No doubt, Steve and I graduated from Penn State for our undergrad. I don't remember. Anybody else in Nittany Lion? I don't remember. Maybe. And while many for this year, during this time, have an annual trek to Happy Valley for Nittany Lion football, it's kind of a big deal, for me, it was something different. There was 100,000 football fans that filled that Beaver Stadium surrounding parking lot and tailgating areas on a football weekend. Actually made it the third largest city in Pennsylvania <laughs> just on football weekends. As the crowds headed up to campus, I would go down to campus deep in the stacks of Petit and Paternal Library. This is the perfect time to study. It was quiet in the library, especially in the stacks, where usually people would be diligently with articles and books and resources and references. You could hear shuffling papers or the clicking of heels or zipping of backpacks. The only time the library was quiet was on a Saturday for football. I would really cherish those times. <laughs> I would like to research and study and get deep into the topic at hand. Maybe it would be classical Roman government. I have a minor in classics and ancient Mediterranean studies or sociological research and faith trends across generations. You could get me going on that thing. But I wouldn't hear the telltale footfalls coming towards my book corral. And I wouldn't see the shadow of a figure approaching because there were piles of books and the periodicals coming off my desk and a hand on my shoulder as to not startle me would cause me to jump and almost screech in a still silent library. That ever happened to y'all? You're so deep in something, you get startled. Steve, my now husband, 
had come to meet me for Saturday brunch. How sweet. And my heart was pounding in my chest. My breathing was heavy, and it took me a while to settle back into the calm, serene I came to love about those days. Do you ever find yourself so startled? Maybe you're the one who likes to surprise others unintentionally or the fun of the thrill. During this time of year, visits to haunted houses or watching scary movies tend to be a pastime. All this heightens our fears and lets imagination run. Whether you're brought up on the mysteries of Sherlock Holmes or you kind of like to watch these movies, some people relish the suspense. The tension as a story unfolds. Maybe we allow ourselves to be scared by the make-believe because so many scary things are happening in our own lives hmm, that we can't control. Others are not at all fond of this genre. But this morning, I promise there's something for everybody. The disciples face some fright-filled moments themselves. This story, this passage that Jenny read, is this night at sea, but it's more than a ghostly figure that causes them fear. So Jesus and the disciples had a big day, fresh off this horrific news about the execution of John the Baptist. That's what comes before. And Jesus had taught and exuded compassion to the crowds that had gathered everywhere he went. And he didn't just lay low and avoid the scribes and the ruling elites. He continued to do the work to which he was called, even as the crowds pushed in. They were hungry for more than teaching and preaching. They wanted to be fed. That's what comes directly before this. There was no 24-hour grocery mark in the Galilean countryside, so the disciples had to feed them with, do you remember? Five? Five loaves, almost. Five loaves, we were almost there, and two, two fish. Yeah, we had to have the fish and the loaves, yeah. Even when they thought they had nothing to give, they managed to come up with it. And immediately, twice we heard that, the Gospel of Mark records, Jesus puts the disciples in a boat and dismisses the crowd. He sends them off to Bethsaida. He sends them off, the disciples, to have some time by themselves. And then he dismisses the crowd. Jesus goes off to pray by himself only when everybody else is on their way. He models for us reconnection to God in prayer and time away. Mark, who wastes no words, takes time to tell us that Jesus is alone on the land. At last. We can almost hear it. Like a parent who's finally gotten all the kids to bed and can sit down and put the feet up. Or perhaps when you finally get all your jobs done for the day and your chores are checked off the list and you can sit down. He can grieve the loss 
of his friend, his cousin, his prophet, John the Baptist. And later in the night, Jesus sees these disciples who he sent off struggling against the wind. We get this verse that says he intended to pass them by. Did you hear Jenny read this? He intended to pass them by as he strolled on the waters in the pre-dawn hours. Will Willem on the bishop in the United Methodist Church and prolific writer says that there's a place in the passage that holds the tension. That's a focus for us. Jesus seems to be in the boat a lot. Do you ever notice that? In our Bible study this week when we were reading another passage from Mark, Joni Singer said, I think Jesus was in the boat last time I read a passage. (laughs) And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure that he was. (laughs) And Jesus has even another scene of calming the wind and the waves. This isn't the only one. You might remember that one. He'd fallen asleep in the boat, and they wanted to know why. They wake him up. How could you fall asleep when there's a storm all around you? And by the time they wake him up, despair had abound, and they'd created a tragic ending already, and they were sure they were in for it. Jesus speaks quiet. Be still. And everything was calm. That story is only two chapters prior. In the rememberable past, the disciples had known already the power of Jesus. And again, they find themselves in the boat. In the boat, 12 and probably a few others are trying to make sense of the death of John the Baptist. They're trying to figure out these five loaves and two fish, how they could have fed these thousands of people. They're trying to make sense of it all while they're rowing and struggling against the wind. If John's commitment had cost him his life, what did this mean for them? Their fear and anxiety is starting to spin, and understandably so. And as it began, the storm started around them. Jesus anticipated this. And as he was ready to pass them by, as if they could work through their own fear and trembling, the storm kicks up. And this is what Jesus does. Take courage. It is I. And he climbs right into the boat with them. And did you notice? The waves died down. Amid the storm, he comes to us. Many of you, just like me, can testify when the sky is dark, when the storms of life are raging, Jesus comes to us and stands right with us. The thing that frightened them was the very thing that led them into deeper faith. 
while they were struggling, Jesus had been praying, and their fears that had been consuming them, Jesus was right there by their side. Do not be afraid. You and I, we all face similar circumstances and scenarios, and as Jesus sets the boat on course, we too are surrounded by merry bands of disciples, ragtag groups of those who have questions and quirks, curiosities and capabilities, who sometimes fill our lives to overflowing. I bet we could point out the Peters and the Andrews in our own lives. And on the sea of life, we've known calm, and we've known storms. The anxiety of watching the news and wondering what it means for our community and for our world. Worrying about the safety of our families. Concerned how we'll manage the inevitable storms that you can't yet see, but you know are coming yet on the horizon. No wonder some of us prefer thrillers and mystery novels. They have a very concrete beginning, middle, and end. And at some point, you can turn them off or close the book, and they're done. And Jesus climbed into the boat with them. Paul writes to a conflicted church in Corinth. It's at least their second correspondence, likely a third or a fourth letter. And he says, God said the light should shine out of the darkness. He's the same one who's shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus. In the darkness, when you feel alone, it's the very light of Christ that's with you. When the storms of life are raging, Jesus, stand by me. Charles Albert Tinley, the great hymn writer of our state, Pennsylvania, down in Philadelphia, wrote, knowing that Jesus climbs into our very circumstances, into the proverbial boat, and is present with us, knowing that Jesus can bring us comfort and peace. It took the disciples multiple first-person encounters, not just to hear the words, but to know the words. Take courage. It is I, the great I am, who is with you, with Jesus. Fear does not win. We don't need to summon up the courage within us. Thanks be to God. We don't need to summon up the courage because Jesus is already interceding within you and journeying alongside you. This ghost story ends with the light of Christ. May you know the presence of Jesus, the one who put on skin, climbed inside the boat, and lit the way in the darkness and promises 
never to lead you to leave you this my friends is the good news it's the gospel of our lord and savior jesus christ thanks be to god amen <laughs>